Praise the Lord. Welcome to the house of God tonight. Tonight's message, Holocaust or Pentecost? Holocaust or Pentecost? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. The Bible says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, serpent seed, sons of Satan, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Now these scribes and Pharisees, these religious leaders, they considered the Gentile nations as dead stones. The lifeless nations, they don't have the power of God. They don't have the word of God. They were despised. They said those lifeless stones are the, the Gentiles. But I love John the Baptist's words. He says, God is able to raise up children to Abraham with the same faith, the same walk in God, as the true people of the Lord from these stones. He said, and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, the Christ, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize you, immerse you in the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Holocaust or Pentecost? Two fires. One in verse 10, one in verse 12. Two fires, one for the ungodly, tree is cut down and cast into the fire, one for the godly, baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. In one fire, the people are cast into fire, hell fire. In the other, they're baptized into fire. Number one tonight, Holocaust, Matthew 3.10. <clears throat> and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Holocaust, generically, destruction by fire. The Bible warns of it. It says even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees of humanity. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit does not come in repentance and salvation to Christ. It says it's cut down 
and cast into the fire. The axe is laid at the root of the trees. The axe is lying at the root of the trees. It's not yet active. It hasn't been lifted, but it's there. It's threatening. And the Bible warns that now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to repent and accept the Lord and find forgiveness of sins and salvation in Christ because one day our life otherwise will be cut down in death and will be cast into the fires of damnation and the judgment of God. John the Baptist gave the people one awful choice if they did not respond to the message of salvation and repentance in Jesus Christ. He said every tree that does not repent will be cut down and cast into the fire where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. The day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. A preacher of old said, guiding ministers, when you preach on hell, speak in hushed tones, somber tones, plead with the people. When you speak on heaven, speak with bright voice, with joyous sound, and declare the goodness of the Lord. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Who has warned me to flee from the wrath of to come? Well, I'm thankful that some gospel preachers warned me when I was a young man. They warned me of the wrath to come. You don't want to go into a Christless eternity. You don't want to walk your life out without Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Hellfire awaits the ungodly. Gospel preachers warned me. I read the Bible, and it warned me to flee the wrath to come. The Holy Spirit warned me to flee the wrath to come. A godly father and a godly mother warned me to flee the wrath to come. A Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, family of God, held me and warned me and kept me on the path of righteousness and warned me to flee the wrath to come. Holocaust. Holocaust. John chapter 3, verse 36, the Bible says, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son of God shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Present tense. The wrath of God is hovering over the ungodly person, those who don't know the Lord. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. It's lying there. The Bible says, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. In Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. In Jesus Christ, we flee the wrath to come. In Jesus Christ, we're set free, and he alone, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, but through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5, chapter Chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. 
We shall be saved from wrath through him. God demonstrates his love. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He came with the message of salvation and forgiveness and repentance. Much more than having now been justified, just as if I'd never sinned. He declared us righteous by the blood of Christ. We shall be saved from wrath through him. 1 Thessalonians 1, 10. And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All have sinned, the Bible says, and come short of the glory of God. Every person, sinful in nature, needing a Savior, needing a rescue, needing redemption, needing forgiveness of sins and new life in Christ. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have to bow at the foot of the cross, repent of our sins and give our life to Christ. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We boldly proclaim the name of Jesus, the name above every other name, the only name under heaven whereby men must be saved. Malachi chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. What a warning. Final chapter of the Old Testament. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven. And all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. Maranatha, our Lord, comes. But the Bible says the day of the Lord is a great and dreadful day. It's a great and terrible day. It's a great day for those who know Jesus Christ, for they will go on to glory and eternal reward. But it's a dreadful, it's a terrible day for those who don't know the Lord. The Bible says, flee the wrath to come. Two fires, Holocaust or Pentecost. So we flee the fires of hell and destruction. And now let's look at the second. Pentecost, Pentecost, two fires. Matthew 3, 11 to 12, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The second fire is the fire of Pentecost. It's for those who have repented and are now bearing good fruit. We need a fire as well. We need the fire of God to burn in us. John Baptist said, I indeed baptize you in water, but there's one coming after me. He's mightier than I. I'm not worthy. I'm not even worthy to carry his shoes. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. You'll be plunged into the fire of God. You'll be immersed in the fire of God. When we're water baptized, we 
come and we yield ourselves to a minister of God and we enter the waters of baptism signifying that we have died and now rise to new life in Christ. But the only one who can baptize a person in the Holy Spirit and fire is Jesus. He said, I am the one, I am the baptizer. And so just as we bring ourselves to a minister for water baptism, let us bring ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, I want you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit and fire. I want an experience with the Holy Spirit and fire. When Jesus was baptized in water, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Matthew 3, 16. Bible says when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold the heavens were open to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. The pure, spotless, sinless Son of God didn't need fire to cleanse and purify his life. He was sinless, he was spotless, without stain. The Holy Spirit came as a beautiful, beautiful dove upon his life, but we need fire. He only needed a dove, we need fire. Acts 2, 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Fire that touched them, fire that sat upon them, fire that filled them, and fire that touched their tongues. So they spoke differently from that day onward. When Jesus was baptized, he received the dove. When we get baptized, we need the Holy Spirit in the form of fire because there's a purging that needs to be done in our life. There's a work of the Holy Spirit to cleanse and to bring holiness and to bring righteousness, sanctification and purity forth in our lives. And the more the fire burns, the more we are purged, and the more we're set on fire for God. The more we allow the fire of the Holy Spirit and allow Jesus to baptize us, immerse us in the Holy Spirit, in his presence, in his life, in his power, the more we are cleansed and the more our lives are set on fire for God. We need, our, we need the chaff of our life dealt with. And the Lord said he would thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. He says, I've gathered. I've gathered the people. I've brought in the harvest. I've gathered those who have come to Christ. But he said, I need to do a work now. I need to separate the wheat from the chaff in their lives. And the chaff has to be broken off, and the chaff has to be burned in the fire. The wind of the Holy Spirit fills the threshing floor of the house of God, doesn't he? You can feel the wind blowing. You can feel the Holy Spirit dealing with our hearts. You can feel the Holy Spirit dealing with our ungodliness. He comes to deal with our waywardness. He comes to deal with our rebellions, with our delinquency, with ungodly habits and godly act ungodly actions and ungodly words. He comes to burn like fire. The most unruly member of our body, the Bible says, is our tongue, and we know it to be true. 
Speak in tongues and let the fire of the Holy Spirit touch your tongue so that you come forth in life-giving language, supernatural language, the language of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit longs jealously for the devotion of our hearts, that we would be fully committed and consecrated to the Lord. And so the Lord will not leave us alone. He said, if I gather you, I'm going to put you into another fire. It's the fire of my Holy Spirit. It's the fire of God. This fire never sleeps. He says it's an unquenchable fire. Once we receive Christ and that fire of the Holy Spirit takes hold of us, we can't help but be changed. We begin to hate ungodliness. We begin to love righteousness. We hate wickedness. We hate when we sin. We hate when we transgress with our lips because the Holy Spirit is convicting us of our chaff, of our sinfulness, convicting us. He disrupts our peace when we do wrong, doesn't he? And you just have to go and make it right with your brother and your sister or your family member. That's the Holy Spirit. That's his fire. He's burning so he can purify and cleanse us. We all need the fire of Pentecost. And I say, let it burn in me, O Lord. Let it burn. I don't want to hold on to anything that is not of you. Burn in my life. Burn in my spirit. Burn in my words. Burn, O Lord, until holiness is everywhere, demonstrated and released, till we're clean and separated unto the Lord. He said, I'm going to thoroughly clean out my threshing floor. I'll gather the wheat into my eternal barn, my storehouses, and the chaff I will break off my people. So let's yield to the Holy Spirit. Let's yield to the fire of Pentecost. Now chaff is something else as well. Chaff is not only sinful things, <clears throat> ungodly things. Chaff is dying things, lifeless, lifeless things. Chaff is dissipating things. Now listen to the Holy Spirit in your life tonight. Chaff is lifeless things. The stalk of our life grows in the earth, and around the wheat, the grain, the kernel, is a husk or a hull. It's an outer shell. It's a casing. But what happens as the grain matures? The life goes out of the husk. The life goes out of that outer casing, that shell. Things that once had life in them all of a sudden have life no more. Things like certain TV programming. And you look back and say, I can't even believe I used to watch that. Even as a Christian. Talk shows and radio. Even recreations and some leisures and hobbies and sports fanaticism. Some personal associations 
It's like the life has gone out of things. And I'm here to encourage you tonight. When the life goes out of these things, they're not necessarily sinful things, but they're chaff and they're losing their value. When the Spirit of God begins to work on you in those areas, let them go. Don't try and squeeze a little more life out of that old substance, out of that old manner, that old entertainment. Just let it go in the presence of God because God is doing something in us. Things that meant so much to us, even years or months ago, now don't mean very much. Things that were so important, we spent so much time, so much investment, so much energy into them, but today they're like chaff. The life has gone out of them. The Holy Spirit says, let them go. Let the fire consume them, because God is doing something in all of us. He is giving us a greater and greater attraction, a greater heart for the wheat. The wheat, not the chaff, not the husk. We're more and more concerned than ever, aren't we, about the emerging Christ nature, about the maturing Christ in us. We want to spend more and more time in prayer. We want to spend more time in the wheat of his word. We want to spend more and more time with the wheat of the nations, the souls of men and women that are gathered to the presence of the Lord. We want to spend more and more time with kingdom advancement because God has done a work in us, the chaff, the chaff. The life has gone out of a lot of things so we can give our full attention to the work of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord and what God wants to do in our lives. Let's have the worship team come tonight. I want to close with Job chapter 5 and verse 26. Such a great promise of God. If you haven't noted it before, you can note it tonight. Thou shalt come to thy grave in a full age, like as a shock of corn or a sheaf of grain cometh in in his season. That's a promise of God. That we can grow in this life, and at the end, you know what happens? Things that aren't that important, they die, and the wheat remains. And the Lord says, you will come to your grave in a full age, like as a shock of corn cometh in in his season. Let's look at the couple verses around it, 24 to 27, Job 5. And thou shalt know that thy tabernacle shall be in peace. You shall know that your tent, your home, your family shall be in peace, and you shall visit your habitation and shall not sin. Some translation says you're going to visit your house, your fold, and shall miss nothing. You're going to find nothing missing. Thou shalt know also that thy seed, your sons and daughters, shall be great and your offspring as the grass of the earth, alive, green, growing because of the presence of the Lord. You shall come to your grave in a full age, like as a shock of corn cometh in in his season. Lo this, we have searched it, so it is. Hear it, and know thou it for thy good. Let's stand together tonight. Lord is working in our lives. 
You know, when wheat ripens, when wheat is ripe, it bows its head in humility. What a way to live our life. Growing in the earth, God dealing with the chaff, breaking off lifeless things. We let things go because we want to put more attention on the Christ nature, on the true wheat, the true grain. And at the end of our life, we bow in humility before the Lord and he puts in his sickle and he takes us on to glory, forever reward with him. What a way to live for Jesus Christ. Let's ask the Holy Spirit and fire to minister to us tonight. Anyone here tonight dealing with chaff? Some things God's been dealing with. He wants to break off your life. Let the Lord speak to you. He's convicting your heart. Let it go. Confess your sins. Repent of things that aren't right. In speech, in attitude, in deed. Give them over to the Lord. That's for the fire of God. Anyone here dealing with some things that are, you're finding the life is going out of them. They used to be so important, but the Holy Spirit has given you a new heart and a new vision, and all you want to do is serve the Lord. Put your heart, put your spirit, put your understanding to the grain, the call of God. Let's allow the Lord in these last few moments this tonight to purify our hearts, purify our hearts. Let's put ourselves before the Lord.